lost line. <laughs> Is that the song for the I moment? was not caught. Dun, 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 Though many tried, I live among you. Well disguised. I had that would be great. <laughs> If we just I did. dug some graves <laughs> You'll never find The facts are told The facts and lies Had a name But never mind <laughs> Never mind Never mind <laughs> We do an acapella version I had to leave my life behind The story's told through facts bop, and lies. Your victory was so complete. Those among you thought to keep a record of our little lives. Of the games we played, our spoons, our knives. The games of chance our soldiers play. The spoons I make, the things I made. Our rule of law that understands. A husband leads, a wife commands. I can't do it anymore. I don't remember enough of the words. Uh, this is Q. I'm Jewish Dave. This is Bird Road. This should, is I'm, Bird I'm Jewish Dave. Come on, man. Get it right. This is Q. This is Jewish Dave. This is Bird Road. And this oh, wait. is Bird Road. Wait, I'm Q. So wait, I was the one that was right? Yeah, I was you wrong. I was talking to myself. Dick. I was talking to myself. <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> Can you imagine? I want to show you something. These meat hooks. Oh. Jabbing into you in like I, I don't I don't want to imagine thirteen it. or fourteen days. These oh. it's like they're made of metal. Look at them. And I have a little bit less cushion right now. So oh, it's you gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt even more than last time. I'm gonna time. push these knuckles <laughs> through you. You gonna die. <sighs> What's up, man? <laughs> Haven't talked in it seems like forever. Yeah. Anything you want to promote? I'm- here at the top piecing it together new episode this friday actually we got two episodes a week for the month of february so subscribe on your podcast seems app like too many seems like it does doesn't yeah. it I, I i didn't plan for it this way but all the episodes are like timely and i can't just put them in the can or anything so it's gonna happen wow it wow. seems like it seems like you're really pouring a lot of your effort your overall <laughs> podcasting bandwidth into that show. I'm, it's it's oh, all bandwidth. <laughs> it's all bandwidth. Uh, music has taken a big a big dip. It's 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 all piecing it together lately. But I'm coming to Miami so we could do a uh, live Bird Road podcast. So I'm doing that. That's gonna happen. I guess I allegedly. Mean. Yeah, so why don't we promote that next? Um, here sure. at the top of this, the top of the show, uh, Bird Road live show 2019. I mean, hopefully we'll have more shows in 2019. Big news: so. <coughs> we can announce that we have a couple of guests lined up. Uh, number one, uh, Nucleus Shelton, who is a uh, uh, an activist, a leader, 
Remember uh, with the AFL-CIO, um, very well-respected voice in labor and labor relations uh, unions down here in Miami. He's going to come talk to us. The theme of the show is going to be let's fix this busted-ass city. That's actually how you can find it. by certain, You can find it on our Facebook page, um, the event, if you want to... Uh, if you want to RSVP, I suggest you do that. Mm-hmm. It's called Let's Fix This Busted Ass City. So we're focusing specifically on Miami since we're here in Miami. And I got you to come to Miami. Nucleus Shelton's going to be um, part of the uh, that conversation. We've also booked former guest uh, and director of Cocaine Cowboys and many other hit documentaries. Uh, Billy Corbin, he's going to be there at Union Beer, Beer Store Thursday, no, uh, November. No, Thursday, February 21st. <laughs> So we'll have a few more announcements as we get closer to the date. We're still about uh, 13, 14 days away. You psyched? I'm super psyched. What I else are we going to do while you're here? I don't know. Didn't it, Wasn't there a show you wanted me to watch? We'll do that. We'll just like sit on the couch and watch shows. Yeah. I took time you, off. Supposedly, I, you always like to talk about how Miami has this thing called culture. And so you can I show mean, me some of that. It does. I just don't think that you would get any of it. It's not in your language. And it's like, it Do doesn't involve drink? parking. Like, it's not like, <laughs> it's not just going to, it's it's not your culture, Dave. It's not going to movie theaters with convenient parking schemas and um, and just commenting on the difference in, uh, in, 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 uh, padding in the chairs and how to what degree the chairs can be adjusted and uh, well, I got reclined. news for you it's almost time for me to check schedules to see if there's going to be any uh, movies that we need to go see while I'm there. you know I actually I thought of that and I looked I couldn't find anything that you, maybe you know um, and also we have a lot of indie indie movies out here indie movie theaters yeah. out here and indie houses O Cinema uh, we have Coral Gables um, Coral Gable Cinema and um, even some of our we have a lot of those movie theaters out here that are AMC, but like the top floor, like there'll be like three or four story movie theaters. Like I'm thinking of the one in uh, South Beach, and the top floor has like two theaters that are only running indie flicks that aren't that are like limited release movies. When Miami goes underwater, do you think those top floors will still show movies? Because that's where I would probably hang out. Yeah, those should be okay into like the twenty second the twenty second century. Okay, then that's where I would hang out. They're high time. up. Yeah, but yeah, I'll be keeping an eye on the schedule, and we might go to a movie, or we'll just go get food. Yeah, go get food that fits within our diets, and uh, go eat that food, and then watch TV. Um, I don't know how I'm going to release this episode because Bird Road Podcast dot com is broken. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you want to talk about that a little bit? What you did to break it? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what I did. I didn't fix your website. <laughs> ahead of time i don't i let you handle it i should be upfront about this and just like admit that it was like me trying to just trust the word of hosting companies and you know oh it'll be fine just you know initiate your your domain transfer and you'll be fine everything will be fine and then when it's like fucked up they're like well we didn't say it would be fine we didn't say everything (laughs) would be fine we can't guarantee things like that so by the time you hear this, I don't know if 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 the website is up and running or what the hell is going on. Hopefully it is. Um I don't know. Uh I don't even know. Maybe I just email this to all of you. Probably <laughs> <laughs> Probably 
a uh, solid 80% of you because I don't know. Did you get this, Dave? Everybody I know who got a, who has an iPhone got a, a notification on their home screen on Monday morning saying like the host and domain for Bird Road should not be trusted. And yeah, I, I, I don't check it that way. But yeah, my friend BG from Black Camaro, he was like, hey, did something happen to Bird <laughs> yeah, something like, happened. He sent me a picture of it. I was like, "Oh no! What did what did what did Q do?" <laughs> There's nothing I can do. There's nothing. It would I be hilarious right. though because I know I I know you tend to you tend to export the files like at a bigger bit rate than it than it should be. So it'd be hilarious if you sent these giant MP3s to everybody's email and it just like shut down their entire email account. No, all it would do is take the domain <laughs> birdroadpodcast.com and just like mark it permanently as spam. <laughs> and I don't even know how I would email my subscribers. They're firewalled from me. Like how would I? How do you even get your e- this the email list of your subscribers? Guess what? It's like lifting a fucking planet. It's impossible. There's no such thing in this in this industry. This industry doesn't have that technology yet. Yeah, yeah. We're relying on RSS, the cutting edge <laughs> technology. I never got to do this shit um, because my flight was so late and everything got fucked up when we went to Philadelphia for that podcast convention. But that speech that I was going to mm-hmm. give um, was all about uh, was all about the um, what do you call it? Was all about unionizing podcasters because we are giving labor. We are. This isn't just for fun. This is talent being expended. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting these jokes back. I'm not getting these years back. I'm going to be old one day, and I'm not going to be this funny. And you're trying um, to eat. Yeah. I'm going to be on E. Is that what you said? <laughs> I'm going to be addicted to, to MDMA as Jewish Dave just said. Weird, weird flex awful. at age 50 to just this decide. So <laughs> you know, actually that, that the whole Spotify uh, thing with, with purchasing uh, Gimlet or whatever, I, I I do find that weird because Spotify doesn't seem like the right kind of a uh, like they're they're gonna make money off of the content, but you don't make any money for if your podcast got played fifty million times on on Spotify, it wouldn't make you a penny. No, but that's that's lazy and that's stupid and that's this that's that's musician thinking like lazy idiots where it's just like I made this music and a bunch of people listen to it. You just got to give me money now. But that's now what you just that. said about being uh what did you say? About, <laughs> about you're a uh, person who makes things. I don't know. No, I know, but I'm talking about like the actual monetization of it. Like you can make That's a, what I'm talking about. No, you're not. You're talking about <laughs> laying back and hoping that some um big brother distribution system will cut you uh fair checks every month. It's which the same is an absolutely thing. an absolutely unrealistic expectation. You need to wait, wait, do wait. the <laughs> You said wait. Yeah, but then you just stopped. I didn't expect yeah, well, you, you said wait. <laughs> but but no, I, I, advertising is another story. So so you're you're saying that uh they they need to treat us uh people that are creating stuff in the terms of advertising is that basically what you're saying it just all goes back to ad money no what i'm saying is that i'm sitting here struggling right now with a a, a problem uh 
that is absolutely asinine. It's three different hosting services. My legacy host, my new host, and my podcast host all fighting over a broken RSS feed and all blaming each other for the reason that it's happening. And here's me, labor, asking for better conditions. Yeah. Well, it's definitely the, it's definitely the fault of the new uh the new host, I would say. Right. But whatever it is. I mean, they can make up any it's 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 just like cable television when your cable TV goes out, there's 40 different people that could potentially blame the problem on each other. Samsung could say that the TV is fine, it's the cable provider. Cox mm-hmm. could say that that the cable provi- provisions are fine, it's your internet service, which Cox probably also gives you. So they transfer you over to the internet department, which says that the internet is fine. It's probably a, a problem with your fucking remote or your cat is attacking the television too much or something or whatever. Yeah, th- this is well-worn territory. I know I know this. I've made this 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 discussion before. Okay. But but well, with Spotify, we're, we're, we're they're, they're for the first month ever they've been profitable in their entire history. They're making money off of the content of artists, uh, of whether it's musicians, podcasts, radio shows, whatever. They're making money off of well, that and nothing else. There's nothing else they provide other than other people's content. So that's what I'm saying. Shouldn't you get paid for that content? Well, but 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 yeah, I think I don't think you're I don't think you're approaching it the right way. Because to this point, what Spotify has been is a mostly money losing, but now money making distribution network. Uh-huh. What they've done by buying these properties in the podcast world is they've become and people are saying like, oh, well, they're becoming like Disney. And I don't think that's accurate. I think more accurate. I don't think that's accurate either. The more accurate thing to say would be that they're becoming like Netflix. They used uh-huh. to be a distribution service for existing studio content. And now they're becoming content creators. Right. right. So our show that probably is never going to be picked up by like Pineapple Media or um, what's the other one they bought? Uh, Gimlet, Gimlet, Gimlet right? yeah. yeah. So our show is probably never going to get picked up by Gimlet, right? But our show appears alongside, you know, how I built this or whatever in sure. their, but how I built this is their own property. And Spotify right. is going to be incentivized to market and promote and push that. And they won't really have a huge incentive sure. to push Bird Road. Not like they ever did, you know, or small independent producers. My point is. What I was taking a shot at you for earlier was, and maybe I should, I don't know. I'm sorry if I did. I didn't mean <laughs> to hurt you or anything. Uh-huh. But my point is that I think it's foolish. I've always thought it was foolish for musicians in the discourse about Spotify to feel this way. And I think it's doubly foolish for podcasters to feel this way. To think that you're just going to make great quality content and that a monolithic organization whether it's a distributor or a studio or anybody is going to come down and compensate fairly compensate you for it in this very smooth and easy transaction that doesn't involve you having to start up your own patreon and build up your own fan base and go do your own shows and create your own merch line to make your shit sustainable and maybe profitable that's unrealistic That's the stuff you have to do. If you want to be a podcaster, we haven't even done this yet because we just are too busy to do it. But like, if we really wanted to make Bird Road 
100,000 people downloading it uh, across the country and actually make a living off of this show, we would have to double up the episodes we're doing, create a premium feed on Patreon or on some other sort of uh, outside of Spotify or outside of all the traditional streaming services, monetize that, monetize you know live shows, monetize merchandise, and you have to be part businessman. I, I agree with everything you're saying, but going back to the Netflix comparison, um, you know, the, you know, the office or whatever is making royalties. There's some, even if it's 0.0002 cents per, per stream, you know, and so, so am I on Spotify with my music. I make money off Spotify with my music, but there is no uh, system in place for a podcast to make money off of streams on Spotify, which I just find strange. I, of course, it would be such small amounts that every stream, I, you know, every stream I've had no, for like no, you're piecing wrong. it together. You're wrong. That's not true. That's not true. Would make maybe a dollar. It's you know system, what I mean. But what's what's tripping you up is that the system isn't native in Spotify the way that it is with music. Where you get a check, I don't know do you, when your check comes for thirty cents at the end of the year. Does is it a check from Spotify? I don't know. Well, uh, there are royal. I get royalties through BMI from Spotify, and oh. then I get uh, I get actual uh, mechanical from uh, my my distribution company CD Baby for okay. my music. So here's where um, it's different. Here's where it's different with with podcasting. No, you're not going to get those checks from those two sort of you know technological uh, uh, angles like those two those two concerns that you're talking about because it doesn't work that way with with podcasting instead if you build up an audience on Spotify of 50,000 weekly listeners it goes to your CPMs and your CPMs dictate your ad revenue and mm-hmm. so it does you do get paid but what's tripping you up is that you're used to getting paid directly from these sources with Spotify right. no it has to be dictated it, it goes through mid-roll you know mid-roll yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it'll go through mid-roll and it's it's defined by your CPMs. It's almost yeah. like if you were to drop in the middle of like head like fire, if you were to drop an ad for um, you know, uh for yeah, for, that's, for that's Casper how YouTube mattresses, works. right? Like and Yeah, that's how YouTube works. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be just like that. And it, I I just find it weird though that they're still playing your stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and that that's where that's where it trips me up. Really, is that they're still playing your stuff with no compensation whatsoever. Yeah, but you put. You I put, mean, you put it up there, I, I'm not complaining. One, I mean, yeah, like you, the I'm podcaster, put it up there. You, you're we we mm-hmm. podcasters offered it up. We sure. were like, here's this thing that, not, let's be honest, 99 percent of us are doing as a passion. Sure, exactly, and and I'm not complaining about. it. I'm just saying I find it strange. Well, then shut but, the fuck up. <laughs> well, we don't really have anything planned for today, so I might as well complain about something. <laughs> and that's the first 21 minutes of the show. <laughs> We're doing good so far. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wonder like, if we just had 50 grand in marketing to burn on Bird Road. Like, How would we do it, and would it actually... Would it affect I, anything? Would we know, create a sustainable economic model to, you know, keep you in all the paleo and cheese foods that you can eat for the rest of your life. There's no way I could finance my lifestyle. My lifestyle is extravagant. I can't live the podcast. You're a fancy boy. I'm a fancy little boy. Uh, You and that coffee you told me about on the last episode. With the colada? 
Yeah, the colada costs seventy five cents. That's actually the least really? fancy thing. Yeah, colada costs. Uh, oh wow! It's not fancy. It's the opposite of fancy. It's like working person's drink. Yeah. Oh wow! It's cheaper than regular coffee. <laughs> Interesting. What uh has anybody jumped into the ring, Dave, from the perspective of twenty twenty Democrat candidates in the last week since we had a show that has captured your imagination? Uh, no, but I mean, the, the only, the only thing that I've noticed is that as progressives, which we both are, um, it, it seems like we're supposed to say fuck Bernie now, <laughs> which I don't like at all. It really has been bugging me. It's like, you know, I've been getting pushed further and further away from politics and it's really annoying the shit out of me. This, this whole Oh, Bernie shouldn't have responded, you know, after the State of the Union. Did you watch Bernie... the State of the Union last night or no? Oh, of course not. No, yeah, I, I, I I saw a couple of clips online, but... I watched the first hour and then, like, after that, it was just... Uh, <laughs> I just thought it would be funny if he was like... Did you watch any of the parts where... The, it, it Eventually, it devolves into, into him just recognizing different people who are emblematic of something in his agenda. So he's, like, you know, introducing some quote-unquote angel mom or angel family whose parent whose whose family was murdered by a mexican or something like that and or and mm, then like yeah, yeah he was talking about childhood cancer and he recognized like a, a a little girl who was like a survivor of childhood cancer and i just thought it would be really funny and again going back to the topic of like how little we care about this show now like let's just talk about skits that i thought would be funny instead of actually doing them um like i, I thought that it would be funny if we had one where it was like and in the crowd, well, I want to recognize uh, Roberto Morales. Roberto is one of our great first responders. And, uh, you know, he injured himself on the job and received half a million dollars in medical bills. And I just want to let you know, Roberto, we checked into your status and you're illegal. <laughs> We're having you deported right here on live <laughs> right. television. On live television. <laughs> just like, what the fuck? That's not what I... Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I just I think it would be great and I mean it's like totally up his alley it's very reality television show to do something yeah. like that it should be with every state of the union that he does for the next 12 that he's going to do 12 or 13 that he's going to do um, it, it would be great if there was one surprise guest and you didn't know like Hunger Games style <laughs> like maybe you're the surprise guest it's like like, but you wrote a nasty tweet about me in 2011, and now I'm, we're going to burn you alive on national television. <laughs> That's how you can get my vote. Yeah, well, I think people would actually really love that. You joke, but uh, oh, his base would, would love be it. fucking the, fired up. Oh, they'd the be so screeching, squealing piglets that they are. <laughs> they love it. Look at that fucker. <laughs> you got burned on TV, bitch. <laughs> just like slicing fucking bacon fat off of their back while they watch on their plasma screen televisions in their 8,000 square foot homes in Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> God damn it, dude. <sighs> you know, it's against the terms of service for uh, most of the platforms that we're on for me to urge people to kill themselves, but... <laughs> I'm I'm all for it. 
<laughs> so what are some of the things that we wanted to talk about? Obviously, um, we had wanted to record on Sunday night, but then we made the executive decision to wait until after this uh, State of the Union while it was still hot and fresh. Let me see if I can find I, I I think I have God it. God damn, the way you hold uh, your phone, outline. it looks so painful. Like your fingers are <laughs> mangled apart. It's... <laughs> You know what it reminds me of? See what I'm doing? Oh, gross. <laughs> it reminds me of when Bill Murray in Scrooge, when Bill Murray's former partner comes back from the dead and holds him out the window and his and he's got him like held by the neck and his like his arms and fingers start to snap off with like dust. That's what you're yeah. that's what you're everything that's what every part of your body reminds me of. <laughs> that's why I need all those magnesium pills. Or so I just grab up and break apart. Me, <laughs> <laughs> just melt off into pieces. I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of tired takes out there about the, the state of the union last night, but I think that our people, uh, our, our subscribers who, who are still left after probably unsubscribing <laughs> from us, um, want to hear something. So I don't know, Dave. What do you got? Uh I don't. I don't fucking know. I mean, I, I. I I don't know. Like I said, I didn't watch it. I mean, I know a lot of people were talking about the uh, abortion stuff that he was saying, but I didn't really pay attention. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird thing that's that's kind of come come to the forefront, obviously. Um, is there a larger, like in the way that Nick Pizzolatto is putting together a larger expanded universe in True Detective? Um, I'm going to spoil some things for you. By the way, for True Detective, I don't care. Please don't. <laughs> I really would rather you not. I know, but you're never gonna watch it. You don't watch TV anymore. I, like you're not. No, I know, it. I know, but that's the one show that I'm. I want people to watch. talk about this stuff, and you're hindering me. You're like just like a, a, a fucking albatross. Just do a solo episode. I, I can go to a bed. A solo episode <laughs> of Bird Road is what you're telling me to do. Uh, I'm Q. And then that's it. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Wait, can I hear again your impression of what my voice sounds like? That, that wasn't my impression. Okay. All right. You sure? That was just a that was a random voice that just conjured out of me. I'm <laughs> no Joe. Idea. I'm Q. <laughs> do an impression of me. Come on. How do I sound? It's impossible, right? <laughs> I'm trying to think of where to start. Like what part of my throat to use. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm Q. That doesn't sound like me at all. That's a terrible job. I'm Q. That doesn't even I'm... exacerbate or like that doesn't even parody the parts you know of my what you voice. Sound like? You know what you sound like? You sound like somebody with a throaty voice yeah. and somebody with a deep voice. And you 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 use two tracks in a in a DAW and and combine them into one voice. You've got two voice happening at the same time. It's like uh, it's like it's like um, from like supernatural movies, or what's the movie I'm thinking of? Oh, it's like from Mothman prophecies where they're like where they analyze the 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 voicemail and the guys like yeah. and the 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 technician is like, this voice is not human. <laughs> <laughs> a human it is being, a hard voice to describe. A it's human like human being did not leave this voicemail. Oh, it's weird. Well, there's a lot happening. There's a lot of like pathology in my in, inside of me that manifests in my voice. Yeah, a lot of pain, a lot of unresolved <laughs> anguish. 
And like, <laughs> if you ever look behind these eyes, you're gonna see a lot happening. <sighs> um. Anyway, back to State of the Union. Mm-hmm. So my question for you was: Is there in the David Rosen expanded universe of of songs? Is there like a a thread or a plot? Uh, like over across those three different albums that you've made, is it a story that hangs together cohesively? Each album is kind of its own uh, story. Yes, there there is something in my mind for each one. As far as an overall between all the albums, not necessarily, but um, I do have this thing. I, I forget who it was. There was someone on uh, WTF that was saying this and and joking around about it, and I was like, God damn it, that's me too. Um, in that I I. Every time I'm finishing an album and I'm really putting everything together, I do think of it in like the box set that would come out one day, like, you know, decades in the future. And I like I do try to fit everything together, at least in some way, although it's not a running story, but definitely in a, a career, so to speak, of, uh, of albums and releases. So, yes. Yeah, because the reason that I was bringing that up was. Um, so the one spoiler that I'm going to give you. Okay. Is uh, after the most recent episode of True Detective, which you do understand the basic premise of this season, right? That it's happening in three timelines. Like, yes. that's not a spoiler. That's obvious in the commercial. That's obvious in the trailer. <clears throat> in the modern version, the furthest version where Marshall Ali's character is like oldest, um, he's being interviewed by this sort of like frontline documentary crew. In the coming next week episode, or the coming next week, recap which just wrapped up episode number five so they were looking ahead to episode number six they're talking about like links to the case that he worked on and she opened the the interview the interviewer the young lady who's interviewing him opens up her laptop and shows like linked cases and it's so small you could barely see it but it's it's uh marty and russ on the computer and she's like, there's been other incidents similar to this. And she shows the computer flashes for like half a second. You can see nice. Marty and Russ, which remember their storyline wrapped up in 2012. The Marshall yeah. Ali character is in 2015. Um, so and Louisiana is not that far from Arkansas. And uh, so I'm, pre- I'm pretty psyched. And I just wonder if like Nick Pizzolatto, you hang together this tapestry of anthologies uh, you know, with 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 common uh, things like that, this might be too artsy for most of our listeners. Maybe I'll cut it and make it a bonus. But I, I like to hear your process. Yeah, no, I I like that. I I love when uh, when filmmakers do stuff like that and like tying things together and you know little things to look for. That's that's so awesome. You know, it was one of my I'm, favorite I'm things ever was um, Michael Keaton playing that same detective in a Steven Soderbergh movie. And a Quentin Tarantino movie. I thought that was really cool. What were those two movies? Um, yeah, what were those movies? Jackie uh, Brown. Jackie Brown, yeah. and um, Out of Sight. Was that Steven Soderbergh? Oh, is it Out of Sight? Uh, or was that Michael Mann? No, I think it's Soderbergh. Uh, um, I thought that was cool. So, again, back to the topic of the State of the Union. I do think that this is a politics show. People tune in to hear what we have to say about things like that. I will say that I thought it was really funny when somebody was asking Mike Pompeo afterwards 
beforehand, the president and his team had announced that 40 to 50 percent of the of the content of the State of the Union would focus on foreign policy. It was closer to like five or 10 percent. And Mike Pompeo just came out and legitimately said, I don't think anybody really cares, <laughs> which is great. That's a great reply. Um, much respect to Mike Pompeo. <laughs> yeah, that kind of rules. That's and that's like such a great signifier for where we're at. And if you haven't accepted that, if you're still somebody who's like, this is an outrage. This is embarrassing. If Obama had done this, if you're somebody that's like still doing that. You don't understand where you live. You don't understand when yeah. you when you're living. Like it's is a different time, and you better just find a, a a different way to interact. Like I also hate hate, but like half love the the professional body language people that come out of the woodwork during these things and start like looking at different um reactions like physical postures and stuff like that from bernie and aoc and from uh what's her name nancy nancy pelosi and you know all these Uh different people like we have to study their their body language i did think it was hilarious though if you saw did you did you watch at least the very first few minutes or no uh no i mean i might have seen a clip but i don't know where it was from very first few minutes when he enters he's getting jostled around a lot by these like these like these woolly mammoth fucking porcine, uh, you know, look like the fucking evil spirit from Amityville type people. They all look like they have like pig ears. Every Like I never realized until CNN with their HD cameras gets right down in there in that, uh, that, that one aisle that Donald Trump walks down or that that's any president walks down, but that's specifically right now. Donald Trump walks down. A piece of an inside information that I didn't know is that the thirstiest, most attention-hungry uh, hogs go there early. Those are not assigned seats. You go there and get that seat to be able to reach out and be on camera shaking the hand of the president and hugging him, right? And people did this for Obama. Like, the sycophantic members of the House and Senate did that for him. And likewise the sycophantic Republican members of the House and Senate do it for um, for Trump. So he's walking down, right, through the, you know, towards towards the dais, and uh, he has to shake hands and, and um, you know, make small talk with conservatively 40, 50 members of, of the House who are just, like, baying like goats and, and, and stepping over each other <laughs> in their, like, wide-legged Hag- Hagar pants to, like, to, to, to be caught on camera with the president. And... Um, they all have the same fat red faces and short crop cut haircuts and like sausage link neck backs. But um, <laughs> it's a real jostly scene because the president's a big boy himself. And so it's a lot of bellies flapping into each other and a lot of like coats getting ruffled and a lot of feet getting stepped on. And um, it's like it's not a graceful thing. Anyway, he emerges from this, gets up on stage, and Mike Pence is behind him, Nancy Pelosi's behind him. And his, somehow during this whole imbroglio, his uh his tie has shifted over like a solid eight inches to the left. So it's like tucked under the left breast of his jacket. Uh-huh. And uh it's like it just looks like haphazard. It just looks bad, right? And um at some point I guess it like fell into place, but for the first five minutes of his speech. It was, it was bad. So anyway, he's sitting up there, and the, they pan to a bunch of different members 
of the House and the Senate, and finally they get they get to Bernie. And if you if you if you recorded this, go back and check it out, or if you can find it online, go back and check it out. I, I'm not sure who's sitting next to Bernie. I, I didn't really see the face of the the senator sitting next to him, but but Bernie looks over, and you can just tell that he mouths. Look at his fucking tie. What a fucking dumbass. Like, he's, like, he's just like, like kind of taking little snide shots. He's like, look at this dumbass's fucking tie. What a dumb son of a bitch. And it's just, like, it's just really funny, but very wry, very like dryly and like, you know, not a, not much emotion on his face, but you can clearly lip read what he's saying. He's kind of making a snide comment and, uh, that I think pretty much set the tone for the whole thing. Not much to say about States of the Union apart from aesthetics and unintended comedy. Uh, there's there's no policy that's going to stem from this. No matter what Wolf Blitzer tells you, there's no real world effect that it's going to have. Um, I thought it was very disheartening to hear uh, on certain points and sometimes antagonistically meaning it different ways. But still, I thought that it was like very disheartening to hear all 538 um, members of, of Congress chanting USA, USA. It's just, it's, it sounds just really bad, man. It just sounds bad to hear that. It, it doesn't sound right. It sounds very in the modern era. It doesn't sound prideful. It doesn't sound patriotic. It sounds like drum beats for war. Did you hear any of that? The people like the, the when they would chant, I did, yeah. That's something I saw with the with the USA chanting. And when I say that they're being antagonistic, it's like a lot of times Donald Trump would say, the president would say something that could be interpreted two different ways. And a lot of times it would be things where he would say it in a way where he, was, he would, he would um, tout an achievement that the country writ large has has accomplished in the recent months or years since he's been president and his side would cheer in lockstep with that. Like, yeah, it's great that, you know, you guys talk so much shit about the president being a um, misogynist, but we have more women than ever in Congress today. And then the left would be like, yeah, asshole. That's in spite of him, not because of him. So they would be cheering. It was the dynamic was so weird and toxic. And they were chanting USA sort of diametrically at each other. Like they were antagonizing each other. And it was just such a bad look. And it just felt so phony and contrived. And I don't know, man. It it gave me a bad feeling in in my mouth. I was talking earlier about how these are only supposed to last like an hour. His always just lasts like way longer than that. And uh, by by the hour mark, when he just started calling out different people in the audience who had horrible things happen to him and who the solution to the horrible things happening to them involve supporting his agenda. I, by then, I was just like, I, I, don't, I can't watch any more of this. It's just such like poorly. It's, sta- it's reality television. It's poorly staged yeah. showmanship. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's gross. It's fucking gross. Perfect word for it. Perfect word. Irrespective. I, I, I'd love to I'd love to hear Bernie Sanders say the word irrespective. Irrespective of that. <laughs> irrespective of that. We still haven't gotten the Bernie announcement yet. I, I think he's waiting for an ideal opportunity. I do know that there have been people who have left other campaigns. Um, other nascent, very early 
progressive presidential campaigns, key uh, staff people who have who have jumped ship ostensibly to join Bernie. So I do believe that he's going to he's going to run. I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion. A lot of the people who know about this kind of stuff and because you have to do a lot before you declare that you're running for presidency in terms of like getting ready and groundwork and preparations and things like that. And it's, it's hard to keep it a secret. It's, it's actually more the opposite. You're just hoping people care enough to, to want to know, like you hope you're not Amy Klobuchar where it's like, she sent out a tweet today saying like, tune in tomorrow for a big announcement. It's like, yeah, no shit. You're going to run for president. Who gives a fuck? Amy Klobuchar. Nobody cares that you're running for president. Um, but like with somebody like Bernie, who happens to be the most, most popular politician in the country, you know, it is a big deal. And so it is kind of an open secret when they're plotting their run and they're getting ready to do it. I just wonder when he's going to do it. Uh, you're, you're well connected with, with the Bernie campaign and, and the Nevada people there. You have any insight? I mean, I, I just, you know, it's, I kind of touched on it earlier about how I, I feel like a lot of progressives are really jumping ship. Um, and I, I really... I, I do, I don't know. The other day I was just saying that I don't think he's actually going to run. I think after all this, he's not going to. Damn. Um, but No, he's got to run. I don't, I'm telling I don't you, know. just like practically, I've heard too many things about people moving their families and like you know, like political operatives who are aligning right now for to work for. I'm not talking about like endorsements. I'm talking about people who are like directors of digital content management type people and pe- directors of... Uh, you know, of, of newsletter operations and, you know, organizers and stuff like that who I hope he does seem to be. I, I think I that those people get like a clear like a like front of the show, Michael Weiss. Right. Mike is probably a guy who will get a heads up a week before and they'll be like, hey, you know, we're going to be doing, you know, like a, a guy like him. And there's thousands of guys like him around the country who are part of the Bernie team, right? And maybe not thousands, but yeah. hundreds of guys. Only guys, by the way. Only guys. I know. <laughs> but there's <laughs> thousands of people like him around the country who probably are like getting the phone calls and it's like, hey, keep it quiet, but you know, we want you to be ready to hit the ground running on the, the you know, 18th, we're going to announce that, you know, they're going to announce the campaign so be ready to activate Nevada, right? I, I, th- I mean, like you hear rumblings if you're as online as, as I am on Twitter all the time. You hear rumblings about that stuff happening. It would be a real, you know what? We don't deserve that guy to run. We th- this country doesn't. De- you know, you you should you should probably be. That's right. how I kind of feel. That's how I kind of feel. We don't we deserve really him don't. as president. Honestly, it's not like, and this isn't some hero worship or like treating him like a deity or something like that. He's not. He's a fucking politician. Uh, we're not Hillary fans, which means that we don't think that the person that we we don't put our own identity inside of the person that we're supporting for president. Yeah, we're not sycophants. But, like, honestly, we probably don't deserve him as a country. So we don't deserve a person to come and enact the political project that he would enact. Like, because it would be good. And it would, and we haven't done anything to deserve anything good as a, as a people. <laughs> I just uh, moved my microphone upwards and now I'm standing because uh, after recording that guest appearance we just did... Um, and then into Bird Road, I've been sitting for two and a half hours, and I just couldn't take it anymore. Well, we don't have to talk about much more. We'll do a quick yeah. wrap up here. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna jump into? Um, do I have to? 
<sighs> Why don't you do the first one? Because I still don't technically have one, but I will have one by the time you're done explaining your. Damn, that's have. annoying as shit. I know, dude. I've been, I swear to you, like I don't do a lot of prep for Bird Road. I have been really thinking don't. while I'm sitting. No, I swear, while I'm driving, I've been thinking, what can I do for do I have to? And I, I, I haven't. I've been having so much trouble. I had a couple like lazy ideas, but they just weren't much of anything. But I'll come up with something in the next three minutes. Well, good to know that you're putting maximum effort into it in the next three minutes. <laughs> Uh, so do I have to is our old recurring bit that we haven't done for a little while. We're going to try to bring back some of our recurring bits and um, come up with new ones too. It's where to refresh your memory if you're a new listener. Uh, well, I wouldn't be refreshing your memory. Would I? I would be creating new memories. To refresh your memory if you're an old listener and to create a new memory if you're a new listener. Um, do I have to is where we dole out assignments. A thing that Jewish Dave would probably not do. Generally, so far, they've been like watch movies or listen to music albums or, you know, listen to, you know, as opposed to those other albums, comedy albums, I guess, um, <laughs> listen to uh, a podcast or I don't know, read a book or something like that. Um, I assign it to Dave. He has to do it. And likewise, Dave assigns me something and I have to do it. Then we report back and talk about how wrong each other were about the thing or how right we were. Um, this one's one that I've been on you about and a lot of other people about for the last few weeks. I've been on this crazy kick with um, a, a recording artist named uh, Anderson Pack, who I know that this isn't exactly new. He's been on the scene for a while. He's been making music, I think, since like 2012. But I just discovered him around the end of last year. And we always complain on our private chats and amongst our other friends who are like, in their like mid to late 30s, early 40s, whatever. We always complain about how there's no good new music and how the only good music was when we were kids, which I maintain is because our ear, your ears go bad when you hit a certain age. Like your ears stop having the same synaptic resonance that they used to. Which is an interesting theory. Yeah. I think that your ears become fucking retarded at a certain age and you don't know what's good anymore. You have like 35 good years of listening. And then after that, your ears are fucking broken. Um, but trying to stave off that um, that entropy. And to that to that end, I listen to new music as much as I can. This guy, Anderson Pack, I want you to listen to his um, to a playlist I've made of some select songs of his. Uh, I think you're going to like it. Uh, I know that you're on like a five or six year long sad music white guy singing into a, a tin can kick. Um, yep. But I think you'll like this. It's like, a, uh, you know, we'll save it for when we do the, the full review. But mm. it's he's kind of a I would say he's like a mix between like TV on the radio and D'Angelo. And um, a lot of the tracks that I sent you were produced by legendary uh, hip-hop producer High Tech. And the music is incredible. Uh, his, his voice and his... Uh, he's great. I'm not going to like oversell it. i just let you listen to it. So that's my assignment to you, Dave. You have to listen and to... And I will say, uh, I will say that he was, 
he was just on uh, WTF this week, and I actually listened to it because I knew, you know, obviously ahead of time, we had kind of talked about this, that that was going to be your do I have to. And so I listened to it, and uh, it was interesting. And I, I, I know what you want me to listen to is one of his main albums, but I guess he has an album uh, on SoundCloud only because of rights that's all cover songs of, like, rock songs. That's which, cool. Sounds sounds kind of interesting. I might uh, listen to that too while I'm at yeah, it. Yeah, listen to that too I because I didn't even know about that. I made a playlist for yeah. you, um, that has a lot of that one album that I talk about a lot, which is called Malibu, uh, right. and uh, it has a lot of that on there. But also a few he had a, he had a more recent album in 2018 that has some great tracks on it. He has a collaboration with Kendrick Lamar that I've actually become kind of a Kendrick Lamar fan in the recent uh, I don't know the last year or so. <laughs> I had no idea what Kendrick Lamar was. I associated it with. I had a bad association. I, I was thinking of a completely different, like shitty face tattooed SoundCloud rapper, like a like like I don't know, somebody that was clearly not Kendrick Lamar, and he had not penetrated into my orifices. Uh, no, he had pe- not penetrated my existence, or my consciousness, um, and now I've become kind of a Kendrick Lamar fan. So yeah, I am adding one of those on there. Uh, you are very hip, by the way. I'm really not. I'm probably the least hip person. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I got one. I got one. But th- but it's only going to work if you haven't watched it yet. No. Um, but it, it's a movie that you said you were not going to watch. So I'm assuming you haven't watched it. Uh, and since I have been on an even bigger movie kick than usual lately while making my uh, top movies of the year list for 2018 and getting ready for the Oscars next week and all that... Um, it is the movie that was my favorite movie of 2018. It is oh, Isle of Dogs. Do you're going to make me watch yes. this fucking cartoon about dogs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I guess I guess this is a good one. I guess you Are haven't watched it. Are any of the dogs and I... voiced at least by POC? Tune in next week to find out. <laughs> I don't know. And Scarlett Johansson may play an Asian, but still watch it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Because quite frankly, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, no, you don't. By the way, for anybody who listens to this show, Dave, you don't have to tell them. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to say it out loud. Yeah. It's, yeah. You you wear it. It's a good, it's a, it's a great movie, period. End of story. So watch it. And if, if there, if it doesn't have, if it doesn't check the boxes, then you know, Wes Anderson will have to apologize to you. I, I've never seen a thing. Uh, Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson. I've <laughs> I've never seen a Wes Anderson movie I didn't like. I know that that makes me kind of like a basic bitch. I don't care. Right. Like I know the cool thing is to not like Wes Anderson stuff and to like find yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it is. It's very Wes Anderson is like the new Bernie. Yeah, you're, yeah. Not, you're not supposed to like it's too twee any of this stuff. And too, yeah, you know. Uh, you know, it's not Black Panther, like you know. Exactly. So you're you're gonna watch it, and I'm gonna listen to Anderson Pack, and we will uh, we'll reconvene next week. See what we liked. Sounds terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm.